You now tuned in to the Gunk Town Podcast. I'm your boy Doug B. We ain't got nothing to talk about, but we got something to talk about. Let's go. Good people, good people, good people. Welcome back to the Gump Town Podcast, episode 88. I'm your boy, Doug B. If you tuned in to this podcast, thank you for your time and your attention. I really appreciate you giving this podcast a shot. Today's guest is the head coach of Team Driven. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm sure we'll all be inspired by his story. Let's chop it up with Coach Will Frank. Coach, how's it going, man? How you doing today? I'm good, man. Everything good your way? Yes, sir. Just coming off of a, a weekend of tournament in Birmingham. We played in a, a live period hoop scene. Coming off that tournament, just trying to shake back and get ready for this week's practice and get ready for our next tournament this week. Weekend, we're actually going to be in Montgomery instead of Atlanta. Okay, cool, man. Y'all rocking and rolling, man. Well, with a man with such a busy schedule like you, I got to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chop it up with me a few minutes. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, no problem. Yes, sir. Of course, we're here to talk about team-driven and all the great things you got going on with the team. But before we talk about the team, let's get to know the head coach. What's your story? Um, I graduated from Jeff Davis in 2003. Been playing basketball pretty much all my life, man, from watching my dad. My dad, he played basketball. He ended up doing 26 years at the Montgomery, Montgomery County Detention. But within them 26 years, they, the back then, the the department was just consist of their free time. They had basketball tournaments. They traveled. And I always went to the gym with him. So I always went and traveled to Tuscaloosa, all the different things the police department used to do within the state of Alabama. Like they just, all police departments used to have like a big tournament every, every year, two or three times a year. I used to just go. And from that, I just played basketball. I ended up going to college, did two years of junior college at LBW Wallace. That's an Andalusian under Coach Ricky Knight. And from there, I finished my last two at Selma University. Coach Jeremy Fortune was our coach at Selma University. Wow, man. What a story. So you've been around the game pretty much your whole life watching Pops. Yeah. Plus, I also played with the semi-pro uh, Central Alabama Jaguars. The very first year. The first year the Jaguars, Central Alabama Jaguars got on, I was on that team. Okay, cool, man. You've been around hoop your whole life, man. So, yes, what would you, yes, sir? So, what would you, who would you say you patterned your game after? That's in what you talking about, NBA player wise? Just, yeah, oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. I, I should have clarified. Yeah, like, like NBA player wise, like, who would you say you, you patterned your game after when you were hooping? Man, you know, a lot of people, I would sit here, I would, I would, I would be honest. I'm not going to say Michael Jordan, even though he was one of my favorite, probably my favorites outside of LeBron James, but Penny Hardaway, man. I love Penny Hardaway game. Man, Penny was cold, man. Before the injuries, he was, he was cold, man. Um, Around the time I started really following the NBA, I would say like 99, 2000, like Penny was, <laughs> was like, he was ending this time with Orlando playing for Phoenix. Sure. Um, and during that time, Penny and Grant Hill, man, both of them, like, like, like they got injured around the same time. And like them, just two great talents. We never got a chance to see their full careers, man. And they prime, prime. You know, they hurt, they, they injury. And that's the scary part because if neither one of them get hurt, <laughs> man, they could be, they could be, I mean, like, honestly, top 20, like, because at their peaks, when they got hurt, they was dominating the NBA. <laughs> right, right. I think about Penny put Jordan out one year. Mm-hmm. Grant Hill, Grant Hill from Duke, from Duke to Detroit, he was unstoppable. He just injuries hurt him, both of them. Right, yeah, no doubt, man. So you say you pass your game after Penny. So, so pretty much, man, you you could facilitate and you could score if need be. Man, I'm be honest with you. I could facilitate, but I was a shooter. Like I wasn't. I really like 
wasn't too much of a ball handler. I'm, a, I'm not going to take an ill-advised shot. I'm going to take the shot that I feel is comfortable. And I and the guard that normally I play with, they're going to give it to a spot where they feel uncomfortable to shoot the ball. So I basically was a shooter. I played the two. Okay. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense, man. So just in terms of what the game was back then, d- during that era, of course, we know back then it was inside out. What are your yes, thoughts? Sir. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts about the game nowadays with one through five shooting threes, man? What do you think about that? I think, honestly, it, I mean, it's it's I it's better, but I'm so it's just me now. I'm just saying to me, I'm so with the old Martin time. I like the the postmen that actually be post players, like Hakeem Olajuwon to Patrick Ewan, David Robson. They were actually post players. Mm-hmm. Then the wings you had like Scotty Pippen. I mean, it's, you can go on. I can go on for names. Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, like people like Carl Malone, they actually did the dirty work. They they did everything that's supposed to be part as a wing. Guard wise, like I said, I'm just a Marlin Day. I like the Jordan era, the magic, the Isaiah. Don't get me wrong now, because I'm a LeBron fan. I like the style. It's just now it's more or less defense getting played. It's like it's more fashion, you know, more trying to show out. Back then when Jordan played, it was more basketball being played. If you get what I'm saying. Yes, sir. I agree, man. Back then, it was just it was inside out. Like the big man touched the ball down on the paint every possession. Yes. Now, yes. Now, man, these these fives, man, they be shooting threes. Like you know the the Joel and So don't get me wrong, they shoot at a decent percentage, but you hate to see it. Like man, you got a little man, you got a guard on you, and you shoot you shooting a three, man. Get down on the block and put that man up under the goal. So guess what? Back then, Hakeem or Patrick, you on the shack, they gonna put you on the goal. Every time. <laughs> Every time, like soon they see that mismatch, they finna they finna go straight to the block and put you up on the on their hip and they finna score. Man, I'm telling you, man, like when I like I said, like when I really started following the game, like 99, 2000, that was Shaq with the Lakers. And I'm talking about you knew it was coming, like Cause at that time, <laughs> cause see at that time, cause see at that time, Bean wasn't developed. Bean was just raw talent. But you knew Shaq, you get on that block, it's, it's, <laughs> he gonna score every time he touch it. Man, I'm talking about, <laughs> bro. It was, it was just, it was fun to watch. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Like the, the old school game, you really got a chance to see all five position play in their true element. Now and now. And it was more like I'm not trying to cut you off. Are you it was more passionness in the game. Like it was more energy. Like they was leaving it all out there on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's that, 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 that that's what I'm like. I'm not trying to. That's what I'm trying to instill in my kids. Mm-hmm. You got to leave it on the floor. If you if you're not out there giving me a hundred percent on both sides of the ball, leaving it on the floor, what are we doing here? Right. Right, but like, but like I said, it's generations. You know, you got the Steph and LeBron era. It's more about offense. The Jordan era, you got to play both sides of the ball. No doubt, man. That was definitely what that was back in that time. Like you had to do both because the thing is, and then and then to add to your to your point about more passion back then. I think today's time, everybody's too buddy buddy. Like when they get on that court, I'm trying to eat your lunch. Like that's how Jordan was. Like Jordan. He he smoked cigars, played golf with Charles Barkley and all them cats in the off season. But when they got on that court, it's up. <laughs> yep. yep, you said something. It's up no matter who in front of him. For real, no doubt, man. He liable so, to go in the locker room. He liable to go in the point of the locker room and tell them what he gonna do for the game. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt, man. Mm-hmm. So just overall, man, your college experience, man. What was your college experience like playing college ball at a collegiate level? I would say. 
the game got faster from it got faster from transition from high school to college. It got faster. You had less time to think. And it, and it's more of the the off season. The off season. If you don't put the work in the off season, it's gonna show when the season starts. Cause you got to train. You got to eat right. You got to stay in shape. On top of that, you got to do your schoolwork. Cause if you can't do that, you're not gonna even get out there. So in like the list, like I said, the junior college I went to, it was it was it was black and white. You know what I'm saying? But they actually helped the athletes. Uh, at LBW, they actually helped the athlete and. When Sam University, it was a black college, small black college, you know what I'm saying? But to make a long story short, I had that year, the, the years I played at Selma, me being from um, Montgomery, Alabama, I had like eight other guys from Montgomery all on that same team. So it was more like we was brothers. We was brothers, so we got through it together. We did our work together. We did any, everything we did together because even though we're 45 minutes away from home, we're away from home. You got to grow up like it's either – that college life will make you grow up fast because you're out there alone. It ain't like you can, mama can come down the street to pick you up and, and get you out this or that. No, it makes you grow up fast. So, like I said, that college, college is it's a transition, but I think every kid needs to experience it if you want to play college basketball. Yes, sir. No doubt, and man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No doubt, man. And just like, what you were just saying, case in point, going off to college and just being able to meet people from all over. And it's good that y'all from Montgomery, y'all stuck together, y'all formed that brotherhood, and y'all made it through. Yeah. And um, yes, that's what it's all about, man. So so you went on to play college ball, you played some semi pro ball. So mm -hmm. what so so what would you say? Um what would you say just in terms of coming 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 out of collegiate ball, playing semi pro ball? Do you did you see the passion in semi pro ball when you played from the players that played? Okay, my the first year of the Central Alabama Jaguars team, you had fourteen guys on that team. The fourteen guys that was on the team, we all had been playing pickup ball all summer long. Like this was just a ritual with us every day, Monday through Friday. So it was kind of like easy. When we all on one team, everybody already knew what every person did. Like I said, you had, I can, if, if, I can give you a couple of names. We had Donnell Taylor. He played with the Washington Wizards, played at UAB. Craig Chicken Sword. He played at, he played at um, Mississippi State with the Carver. He's in the G League. He didn't play no United States team. We had Rockway Johnson. I can go on Chavez Davis for Alabama. I can go on with the names we had, but we all in Montgomery used to, every day we used to have a different gym we'll go to in the evening times and we'll just play each other. So when we when it switched over to the semi pro team, everybody already knew what they was capable of doing. That's why it was so easy. Like we went undefeated. It was so easy because everybody knew what everybody could do. Nice. So y'all had that synergy already. It was it was a seamless transition going over into the semi-pro. That's dope. Yes, yes, sir. Cool, man. So let's talk about Team Driven. When when exactly did it get started and what you got going on over there? Okay, Team Driven. Um, um, this is the crazy thing about it. Before it was Team Driven, it used to be called Dream Team. Pierre and Dara Mays, they've been, they been my buddy since we was little. His dad, Dara Mays started a team called dream team uh we i didn't play on the dream team i always played on another all-star team against them and he just took that on from let's just say my sixth grade they had to be i graduated in 03 so let's just say about 95 96 fifth sixth grade all the way up he took it all the way up and he, now he passed it down to his sons now you got pierre and rashad they've been doing this i say at least probably about 10 11 12 years 
And with that, been doing that, um, they asked me, my son, I have a son that's in the 10th grade. He played ninth grade. My first year of coaching um, Team Dream was ninth grade last year. My son played. So I just picked up his class because I've been watching. My son been playing since second grade. So I've been, I've been knowing around the city who was good in his grade level. And I just started calling the guys around that I knew from each school that he played that was good. And that's how I ended up recruiting on what I got. Well, I actually had a tryout this year. My ninth grade, the ninth grade time, the ninth, the team last year, I basically handpicked. But this year I had an open trial. I had about 35 kids. I had I cut it on down and that's how I, I did it. But let me say this team driven history. They have 29 players that have got college levels. 25, 25 has been D1, D2, junior college. 29 people have got a college scholarship and like four or five and play overseas now. And of course, one of them, Anthony Edwards, plays in the NBA now, plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves that who play that's in the playoffs now. Outside of that, man, like I said, it's just it's been a family. It's it's going on like they got an eleventh grade team, they have a seventh grade team, they have an eighth grade team, they have a sixth grade team. So it's different grade levels to team driven. You just gotta go out and fit whatever grade level you in to try to make the team. Wow, man, y'all got a great infrastructure, man. Great system over there. Like if y'all putting people in D one college like that, and Anthony Air was in the league balling out, man. So <laughs> team true. driven dream team, man. Y'all got a great infrastructure over there, man. So. What would you say? What would you say is the most enjoyable part about being a head coach, and what's the most challenging part? The most important part is you meet new people, you learn new things, you go places you ain't you ain't used to going, and it's just you got guys that looks up to you. So it's more like a brotherhood. It's like you want to teach these guys to do the right thing, try to lead them. Not on. Let's just, just, just not say basketball off the court as well, because you got to get your schoolwork. You got to respect your parents. It's all about respect. So it's, it's like you, I'm trying to teach you to be a man in the community as well. And the difficult part, you got to deal with. So, I mean, sometimes you have to deal with kids' attitude and you know, you did it with kids that been the man at their high school. Now they come into this team. For, I'm just giving you an example. If you got 10 players and they go to 10 different schools and all of them was the man at their school. Now you bring them to this one team. Somebody has to find nine, the le- least nine of them got to say, okay, I got to change my role. I was the man at high, at high school on my team. Now I got to demote my role to being a role player or doing whatever best fit this team. And I feel like that's the hard part because you got to let the, you got, you got to make decision on it. If you get what I'm saying. Yes, sir. I'm tracking. It makes perfect sense. So just getting that chance to travel and move around and be a mentor to the kids. That's, that's the enjoyable part. Like you just said, a very interesting point. You got 10 different guys coming from 10 different schools and you was the man and just having to instill in them that humility. Hey, man, like you got to be the role player on this team. We trying to win. Everybody can't start. So, yeah, I'm yes, sir. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's challenging in itself. And I and the thing is, and I'm pretty sure you instill this in your kids. Like, don't take it personal. If you got to be the sixth man. Like you may be the best, like be the best sixth man. In the dog on AAU, you know? Because it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, when you get on the flow, you just let your actions speak for yourself. I mean, because I can't determine who's going to offer you. I'm just getting you prepared for these tournaments to get seen in front of these different coaches that appear. We'll see, can you get a scholarship? And see, that's the, the, that's the thing. Like, I, I can't speak for every other AAU team in Montgomery. 
And I'm not knocking every other AU team Montgomery, but I'm put I I I network more than anybody else in Montgomery. I network. I really take time to get my kids stacks. I send them to different. I email them to different coaches. Get feedback. When we have tournaments. I email them to different schools to different coaches so they can come see. Like man, I'm really networking. So I it is it, what makes it difficult is I'm doing all this and I'm not even getting paid. For the love of the AAU, game, man. AAU, yeah, AAU is you don't get paid. You doing this. So if I'm wasting my time to do this, I expect like you should give me 100%. Because, I mean, like I'm saying, I'm not saying. It could be a zillion other things I could be doing. But I'd rather focus my time because I have a passion and love of the game. And I want to see young men make it because it's hard to make get a scholarship, especially coming from Montgomery, Alabama. So I take pride into when I'm on there. If, I, if I'm yelling – like I keep telling my players, if I'm yelling at you, that means you're a good player. I want the best for you. When I'm not yelling at you, that's what you need to be worried about. <laughs> right. No no doubt. You hit, the, you hit the nail on the head with that because even, yeah. even even when I was coming up playing ball, man, like that was definitely what it is. Like if coach getting off in your grill, that means he care. That means he sees some, something in you that you don't see in yourself. And But I know these days, man, you, it's, it's it's different, man. Like Like we talked about, you know, Beforehand, like it's different, and you gotta you gotta navigate differently. And to be honest with you, man, if if these kids would study the great, especially the ones that got to come off the bench, they should go study catch like Jamal Crawford. You you saw what he did when he came off the bench. He took advantage of every opportunity, every opportunity he had, and it doesn't matter what position <laughs> you come off the bench. If you can play, you are gonna play. They gonna see you regardless. You and like I said, when you do, in in the most hard part about coming off the bench is. College coaches looking at the bench just to see how your body gesture and language is. They recruit off that. They want to see. Mm-hmm. They want to see if okay, he's coming off the bench. If he's coming off the bench with an attitude, like they don't have time for that. They don't have time. Like all that matters to like all that matters to being recruited. Like social media, like your, your like your social media. Like I tell my guys, they think they think I be trying to be an old man about it, grumpy, mm-hmm. but no. Is social media. They're going to go on your social media and look to see how you outside of what you do in sports. Mm-hmm. If you're out there throwing up game signs, they're not going to want you. If you're out there doing anything crazy on that social media, they're not going to recruit you. And the main thing about it, outside of your game, that's what they're going to look at, the social media. Like, they really... Honestly, they might look at the social media first before they even look at your game if they're interested. No doubt. They want to check your character. They want to make sure they can trust you when they give you a scholarship yes. and, a, and an NIL deal and all that stuff. So, yeah. I, so, and that's what, and that's like you said, man, like definitely keep drilling that message in your kid's head. Like, and, and, and like you said, if you can play, you can play. And when you come off that bench, the advantage is the team hasn't strategized for you. They strategized for the five starters. They ain't even did the scout yeah. report on you because you get to come in catch them by surprise and put 18, 20 points on their head. That's how the kids should be looking at it. But I know they want to be glitz and glamour. They want to look cool for the ground. But like you said, your character, if you all, if you're on the ground throwing up game signs, if you're on the ground doing slick stuff, and you ain't got no business doing college recruiters going to be like, you know what? We don't want him, we don't want him on our team because he's going to do the same thing when you get here. Yes, sir. You said something, you hit it right on the head with that one. <laughs> no doubt, yep. man. So ultimately, man, what inspired you to, Become a head coach, man. Like, what was the inspiration behind you choosing to uh, coach for team driven? It was my my son. My son, like, okay, he's been playing like like I said, he played at McKee Junior High. Um, that's down here in Montgomery McKee. I kinda like 
new to AU process because like I got like three, four professional friends that I talk to on an everyday basis. So I kind of like they always told me, man, if you want if you're gonna get your son what what you know will, you need to coach him AAU. Do not let nobody else coach him. You coach him. Like I like I always tell my son, okay, okay, your dad know a lot of like college coaches. Yes, it's easy for me to help you get your easy scholarship, but don't rely on me. Go get it on your own. Let me be your last resort. Let you go because you'll work more for it if you go get it on your own. I don't want to give you, I don't want to call this coach and say, hey, coach, well, my I, my son ain't got no looks. Can you bring him on? I don't want that. I want you to go work for it. For that means you won't be lazy after trying to go get go go get it. So when, like I said, once I saw my son and knowing what I know through Montgomery, I said, I'm just going to help everybody in his grade class. I'm just going to move up every year they play, and I'm going to take the guys that I know, and I'm going to try to all help them because they're going to need the help. Man, much respect to you, man, to – for for having that vision for your son. And like you said, you could make some phone calls, but what good is it? Like he needed to learn how to earn it. Like that's that's man, that's that's very commendable to you, man. Like making your son go out there and earn it because ultimately, like you said, act, act as if I don't exist. Act, act as if I don't have those resources. Go out there and be hungry exactly. for it. Like exactly. That's what it's all about. So what would you say, man? And not and and not to say any names of any coaches that coach you, what would you say a piece of advice or, yeah, what would you say a piece of advice you wish you would have got when you were playing ball that you didn't get, that you're able to get to your give to your kids now? I wish, how can I say this? <laughs> I just, I wish, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. I wish I would have listened more to my coach, not trying to always do it, the, do it my way, the shortcut way. I always listen, listen to what he said uh, doing with the game and with life. So I, I always tried to shortcut stuff. And it always and it always came in to bite me in the rear end when I actually should have did it the right way. And that's just the chances in life also. Like you all people always want to take the shortcut when if you just take the right route, you'll get the right answer. You always wonder when you take the shortcut route short the short route, you get the wrong you get the wrong outcome. It's because you should have took it the right way. So the number one thing I would say, and this coming from AVW, Ricky Knight, Coach Ricky Knight, been coaching 40 years down there in Bluish. I I mean, I gotta applaud him for 40 years and he do boys and girls. You gotta think about it, he coached the boys and the girls. So he 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 in the gym four hours a day, two hours with the girls, and come back and do two hours with the boys right after that. Wow. So even though Coach Knight really didn't hands on you, he still gave you a life lesson because it's like when you're struggling, he wants you to figure it out. And it's kind of and it kind of makes you think to yourself, like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? So that was a lesson that I taught. But from Sam usual Coach Jeremy Fortune, Coach Jay, it was more about life. And he he actually taught the game because he wasn't that much. Coach Jay was probably in his 40s when he was coaching. And he still was playing pickup with us so it was kind of more to grab grab on from him because he was hands-on hands-on with us you understand what i'm saying like even when we go home on weekends montgomery he'll come to montgomery he was more like a family coach and that's i mean like i learned more getting it from him wow but, man. Mm -hmm. yeah but like i was saying i what i'm what i try to instill in my guys is you got to be able to listen mm -hmm. you got to be able to listen because I'm telling you, if you don't listen, you're going to do something, you're going to do something, and then you're going to question yourself later, like, Coach told me to do this if I do it that way. And that's what happened to a lot of my players. Coach be like, well, Coach, 
and I explained to him, this is what you're supposed to have been did. Then he'll come out, oh, you were right, Coach. I should have did that way. I've been trying to tell you. Wow, man. I appreciate you being transparent enough to even admit yeah. that, that you didn't listen back in the day. And that's what you try to instill in your kids, because you could have easily came over here and said, yeah, man, like I did everything right. But I, I respect yeah. your honesty, man. Like because and you're right. The shortcut, the path of least resistance, most humans in all areas of life, we typically go for the shortcut and it ends up. And it don't pay off. It don't it don't give us any rewards in the end. Like in the moment we think, oh, yeah, I did it my way. I got away with it. But down mm -hmm. the road, you can be like, dang, if I would have did it that way, I probably would be here. So I appreciate the transparency on that, man. Yep. Yep. You're right. Appreciate that, man. Ain't no problem. For me. No reason for me to tell. I'm going to tell the truth about that. No doubt, man. No doubt. So ultimately, man, let's talk about vision, man. What are your short term and long term goals as a head coach with the team? Okay. My short-term vision is, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I want to be able to complete this summer with this summer right here. With Right now, I got bet between 10 to 12 guys. Right now, my short-term vision before this summer, I to at least have five to six of them with offers. Now, I, I wish I can get all 10, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a, a miracle. So let's just say five to six scholar offers are schools talking to or interested in them so they can feel like they ready for the next upcoming season because I'm preparing, basically I'm trying to prepare them for their next season. You're just playing summer ball and you're getting exposed in front of different people. So that's my short-term vision. But my long-term vision is to keep these guys until next year, see them prosper into 12th grade, watch them graduate and watch them sign a scholarship and I can say, I did my job. I don't feel like I did my job if my guys ain't signing no scholarship, not going to Duke College. If they're not doing anything to afford their education or basketball game, I don't feel like my what I did was 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 unsuccessful. That's why I take so much pride into doing it. Good stuff, man. Those are some great goals. And I have no doubt, man, you make them all come to fruition. Yes. And like, I mean, I don't know if you gonna go if you want me to name a couple of key players that people might know. Like I said, I'm I'm I'm, offered, I'm all out for networking for my kids. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying so. I didn't know. I mean, it's just some guys I would like to mention that I feel like eventually for the summer with they would get offers. But I will let you continue to go on. Then we'll go from. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, you good, man. Go for it, man. Rock out, man. Go ahead. Okay, well, um, like I was saying, like I have I have a couple guys. Like I don't. The the best thing about this, I don't got. A lot of everybody from Montgomery. I done went down to Hillcrest Evergreen. I done went to Selma, Heath High School, Prattville. I done went all all over just the southern southern county area. So I have a couple guys. Like I have a guy named Elijah Hornberger. He went to Prattville. He's a wing. He's a motor. He's athletic. He's coachable. A lot of coaches would be interested in him. I got a guard named Miles Hannah. He's average eighteen at Keith High School. He's ranked nationally. I think a lot of coaches will be interested in him, his program. He's a combo guard. He can shoot it. He can pass. He's very coachable, and he understands the game, and she's patient. A guy, a guard named Gennaro Williams, played at Jeff Davis High School also. He's a shooter. He's pesky, quick, and he play, he plays defense. To be so short, he can play defense, and he ain't scared to go to the rack. That's just a few I would like to name. You know what I'm saying? And one more, I also have a, I have a kid from Selma. His name is Deshaun Flanagan. He's a he's a post player nightmare. He's energy. He rebounds. He hustles. Like I said, I just want everybody to follow the team page. Team driven. 
underscore 2025 and just watch us because I got some exciting guys out here that I know some scholarships could be offered. Yes, sir. That's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And shout out to those young men that uh they man they they didn't caught the coaches eye, man, because they're doing the right thing and they're working hard, they grinding, they're hustling. That's always a good thing, man. Like and just just hearing young guys, young men like that, having that passion for the game and the fact that you know that they're coachable and I'm pretty sure all those guys are gonna go to the next level and do great things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. So as we wrap up the podcast, I want to ask the million-dollar question. I started this podcast to highlight the greatness of Montgomery, whether you were born here or lived here for a significant period of your life. You being a hometown hero, what makes you the most proud to be from the gump? Montgomery, we get it out the mud. It's a grind. We don't we, – nothing's given to it. So when you get it, you feel – you, you you enjoy it more. We Montgomery, you got to realize, I, I, I'm i from Montgomery. I, I moved to Atlanta last year and came back to Montgomery. Atlanta was fast. When I was, I felt like I was behind on everything. From just, I went to, from watching Montgomery basketball in high school to Georgia high school, the game was so much faster. And I was like, man, we, we are this far behind. So I just feel like Montgomery, you have to learn more. But is the the once you get it, the success is more is so much sweeter because you knew you had to get it out of the mud. That's for sure, man. That's one thing you hit that on the head, like Montgomery. Like we we are behind the biggest cities, so when you we do have that grit and that grind because we don't know we don't know no other way. We got to get it out the mud, like you said. Like we got to start from ground zero in most yep. of our endeavors. <laughs> yes, sir. You're right about that completely. Cool, man. And much respect to you for even coming back home. To start this AAU, well, to coach this AAU team, because like you said, you moved to Atlanta, you could have easily got it popping in the A. So ultimately, man, yeah. just coming back, yeah. So ultimately, coming back to the Gump, coaching your son, that's very commendable, man. And um, just be patient, man. Like you, 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 you get them kids on the right, on the right path, man. Like especially if they, if they fall and hit the head a few times, they'll realize, you know what, Coach Nolan, he been there, done that. Let us listen. So they eventually. They'll tap in and listen to your message, and, man, you'll get them all to the next level. Maybe not collegiate basketball, but just next level as a man, which is the most important thing. Hey, and if you don't mind, Go for, I, for anybody that's watching, listening to the podcast, do you mind if you want to donate, if you want to sponsor? I I, will put, I can see our, cat, my, our cash app is right now. It's down, so the other cash app we have, it will be money sign G3. Will Frank three? It will be that. Let me spell it to you again. Undersigned. I mean, money sign G three W I L L F R A N K three. That's my that's my cash out. All all everything that's going my cash out goes directly. You get a receipt if you want it. It go directly towards the team with travel fees, tournaments, eating, hotel fee. All that, like I said, we we just we're down for anything. Sponsor anybody that want to donate to try to help me do something positive for these kids to keep them out these streets for the summertime. Trying to keep them busy to get them to somewhere in life. Yes, sir, for sure. I definitely put the IG handle as well as the Cash App handle in the description of the episode. Hey, Will, thanks again, man, for the conversation. I really appreciate you. Thank you for even letting me get on your show. I want to gladly appreciate you for working with me on the schedule. And I like the podcast, man. I've been checking you out. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. No problem. Good people. That concludes another dope episode of the Gumtown Podcast. In the meantime, in between time, y'all know what to do. Be blessed. Be safe. But most importantly, have the audacity to be you. Go on. 
Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your time and your attention. Until next time.